out. She's we could we we can stop talking about her now. She's here. Look. Now we've got, this is yes third third team I've done with Jen. Now I, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, it's just fascinating listening to you all really about the survivors and their fight for justice and actually getting to. Uh, actually confront him if you like like they were I've, I've seen about four or five of the statements but i'm going to watch every single one of them at some point sit down and just watch them all definitely going to watch jen tomorrow though what time you want tomorrow jen welcome to mark's zoom meeting oh sorry i'm like a, i'm like a, i'm like a warm-up wedding singer really bad wedding singer sweetie i so agree with that what you're so funny <laughs> yeah, warm-up wedding little, singer Okay, Mark, you have to you have to mute first, and then you can unmute when you want to talk. But I have to get everybody to mute because we get the oh, yeah. noise. Okay. Mark can't find. There you go. He found it. Okay. Hey. Okay. Yes, I'm here early because I'm all wound up, and I just did a podcast that I need you guys to listen to. It's very very important, but it's also really serious. Um. So that's going to go up as soon as I can get done with this. I put up, so just housekeeping, just housekeeping. Hi, everybody, as you come on. And if you want to show your little lovely faces, because I see friends out there, Lucas Wave, that's cute. I like this. I love this so hard. You can't even know. This is like the coolest thing. This is my fantasy of having minions. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, well, no, might be a fantasy. I don't know. Um, okay, so post, so yesterday's discussion with all its technical difficulties, too much talks about dicks, difficulties, and everything else, I just put that hot mess up. So it's up there if anybody sends a link or you're talking to somebody like, I wanna hear it, it's up. It's posted as a podcast, it's up also on YouTube. So there's a YouTube channel for Lawyer's Daughter, which maybe will monetize one day, we'll see. My daughter thinks that's so cool that I have followers on YouTube. So thank you for making me look legit. Um, also, it's up as a podcast, you can listen to it in the car because why not, and we're all, I don't even know, here we're, California's burning down if you haven't heard. We are burning down everywhere in California. Patty, is there fire in Las Gatas too? No? Okay. So we've got fire in Santa Cruz, um, Santa Cruz Mountains. We've got fires in wine country. We have fires in Sierra. We have fires freaking everywhere, Mount Lassen. So it is, we don't have sunshine. There's no sun at all. It's, there's light, but no sun because, and we're all covered in ash. So the podcast yesterday's is up. Yesterday's Zoom is up. I'm putting up a podcast today. This is the one I hinted at last night. This is so important to me. And I actually did it over the weekend and it was obscene. I just, I used to way too much profanity. So I threw it away and I did it again. So, and, and I'm actually glad I waited because I think I needed to hear the victim statements to really um, make the connection to what I talk about, but it has everything to do with Michelle's statement today. So she was the last one for Contra Costa. She is not somebody who's been very public at all. And she has lived in a lot of extra fear, if that's possible. And so what she talked about today was that not only did she have to go through the rape, but she was also then libeled, I would say potentially defamed, and those words can be used interchangeably, but uh, defamed by an investigator who wrote a book. So what I talk about on that podcast is what she's talking about, and it's this book. It is Larry Crompton's Sudden Terror book. I do not want you to go buy it. I do not want you to go buy it. I do want you to do the Google search for the Sudden Terror PDF if you wanted to look at it. Because if, you, if you're like me, you've got to go see it because you do. So there's a PDF online. I don't know that the PDF is complete, 
Um, but I feel comfortable sending you there to go look for it. And I know I looked at it quite a few times. So just know, make that mental mark. That's the podcast I'm putting up after this. It'll explain what Michelle was talking about. And I go through and I read sections of the book for you so that you can share my anger about what happened to her. And it also happened to Victor. And it'll you'll start to, I mean, yesterday we got a really good dose of where Victor's anger comes from. This will also help you understand why he feels almost like it's a conspiracy against him. And in some ways I think it has been because he presents differently than everybody else, right? He's not pretty. He's not pleasant. He's not, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. He's no Bob Hardwick, right? He, he spoke today with Gay. Uh, no, Victor's very different. And I don't think that matters. Any of us that watch SVU know it doesn't matter. That's Olivia has taught us that. So what I'm going to tell you is listen to that podcast when you get a chance. Um, ideally, I would love to hear you to listen to it this week if you get a chance. Um, share it with anyone you think needs to hear it because it really speaks to how victims are re-victimized. And it also speaks to the insanity that I think we're still dealing with in 2020, which is kind of amazing um, because we need to apparently go fight for the climate and everything else before we get to this stuff. But uh, it's really important to listen to because I don't think our conversation has changed a whole lot. I do think awareness is better, but I still think we make mistakes. And unfortunately, the police are often at the hands of those, those awful, awful things that happen. Then I will post this podcast today, a little later after it, we're going to see Phyllis, who is victim number one, the one whose hand I held that first day I went to court. She, I think that I just mentioned yesterday, she's been struggling with cancer. That secret is out. Um, we're taking her food today. I'll try to get a picture and just post that on Twitter or Facebook because I, I miss her and I'm sorry she's not able to be in the courtroom with us. But I tell you what, anybody come to court, that thing is definitely a COVID fest. It is exactly what they talk about being the worst situation for COVID because we are in rooms and we're piled on top of each other and we could say six foot distancing, but you can't distance. I don't, I'm, I'm sure I must have other survivors on here. Chris was gonna, there's Julia. She was in the room today with Michelle. Um, hi, Julia. Uh, so it is definitely a coat, not the courtroom itself. So yesterday, Chris was describing it and she said it was really close. This is, I love this idea of perception because when I walked in, I went, it's not close, but I was sitting really close to D'Angelo at the plea. So to me, the, the courtroom is kind of a, one of those, you know, deep rooms. So it goes back, the judge is not where I thought he was. This is the, how uh, video belies these things. The judge is actually kind of in a corner. I thought he was directly in front, but he's not, he's a little bit to the side. And then of course that L-shaped table where both the defense and then the prosecution loops around and they're in line with the podium of that L. But D'Angelo sits, which again, this is another thing that's hard to see on the stream. I'm glad I've seen both. D'Angelo looks much more diminutive. I don't, I, I could say small, but it's actually even more than that relative to his lawyers. So they don't necessarily do a wide shot, which is a disservice to us, I think, because the wide shot would show you, if you get a chance to look at a wide shot, really notice how small he looks relative to everyone else. He absolutely has, as I think it was Gay said, he just decomposed in front of us. I thought that was such a great description of what he's done, because that is exactly how I see him as, as he is, is decomposing right before our eyes. Now, now, but I also shared yesterday, my lawyer, who never swears, who never says anything and says, he's a fucking liar, he's in fine shape. Don't ever tell her, I told you that. But when, when Cheryl Temple's telling me that, I know she's pissed because this is a facade. This is 
acting, as John Lovitz would say. This is all BS. So keep that in mind as you look at him. I don't want you to fall for it. He's fine. He's absolutely fine. And there's no reason he couldn't be in Gen Pop. I don't know if there's an age limit. I didn't find that in any of the research I did. There's no reason he couldn't be other than the political reasons. Um, the other thing about the courtroom, well, they have TVs in there and stuff, but that the room is pretty big. So we're spaced out in there, but then there's this ante room. I posted a picture on Twitter today because that's where I was. I basically, I love that I'm going to say this. I jumped Paul Holes, but not in the way you think. Somebody said Karen Gilgraf would be jealous because I was going to um, make my move. That's what I tweeted. My make my move though, is means I was going to confront him and tell him, say out loud to him space that he lied. So I did. So it's like uh, the universe, it had to happen, right? Because we're alone in this ante room, which normally was really crowded, um, but it was between cases. And he was there for Contra Costa, as was I waiting with Julia. Julia was upstairs or whatever, but she was coming down for Michelle's statement. Paul and I were alone and I'm like, well, damn it. Okay, Jen, you have to deal with this now because you're literally alone in the room with him. So I said, Paul, I need to speak with you. And he said, okay, sucker. And I said, I'm really pissed because you lied to me. And he was like, didn't expect that, right? Everybody loves Paul Holes. And so, um, except for Jen Carroll. So I said, yeah, you lied to my face on the 29th. I said, I, when I talked to you about what was going down in HBO and what you had said in the HBO, that it was speculation that, my, that Charlene was raped in the bed next to my dad while my dad was alive. I said, that is speculation. I verified that. That's my mom. I bet she can't get on the Zoom. Patty, go take care of my mother. Mom, we're, I'm on Zoom right now. Can't talk to you. Okay, she's done. Um, welcome to life. So, okay, so I said, you lied to me on the 29th when I said, you've got to take that statement out. I need your help getting HBO to take that speculation out. And he said, I didn't lie to you. And I said, well, you said you would go take care of that. And he goes, I did. And they said it couldn't be changed. And I said, well, Paul, here's a problem. That's not what they said to me in an email. They said, they talked to you about it and you said it was good. He goes, well, I still believe it's true. Sorry? We're going to talk about something incredibly serious. Oh, sorry. That's something else entirely. That's how funny. Sorry. I'm like, who's talking to me? Oh, it's me. That's annoying. Sorry. Working on my laptop is tough. Okay. So he said, he's claiming he told them to take it out. They said they couldn't. They said, well, I'm not lying. And I said, well, it's speculation. He goes, well, I don't believe it's speculation. And I said, see, the fact that we're having this conversation like that you can't prove it and neither can I, tells me it's speculation. It's a hypothesis. It is your take on the situation. It is not in fact fact. And because we don't have a trial, because there's not witnesses and there's no evidence to support your theory, then it is in fact speculation. So he, he was a little surprised by that. I mean, I don't think he thought about it like that. I said, let me say something else to you. I said, because this is maybe more important to me. With great power comes responsibility. And Paul, I don't know if you have really accepted who you are now, but you have a, tr it, it, you're not, you can't speculate anymore out loud. That might've been part of your whole job. In fact, I would expect very good police people would speculate all the time. How else do you come up with theories, right? But I said, you can't do that anymore because now you're perceived as an authority. And when you speak, people will not take the time to go verify the truth. They believe that's what you've already done. So when you keep speculation, because then he, he, he kind of fired back and he said, well, Patrice Harrington was raped next to her husband as well. Because I said, there's no, that's there, absolutely not his MO. And he was, I was trying to show he was, how was he was decompensating. And I said, see, but here's the thing, you didn't. Because you didn't say both the Smiths and the Harringtons. That's not the sentence you said. 
that's absolutely not the sentence you said, because that it would have actually made more sense even to me. But instead you said, in this case, unlike the others, I don't, again, I don't think he's used to, I mean, the celebrity hit, right? He ratcheted up like what happens to people. He got all this ability to have power and influence now, and he hadn't really taken in that that needs to come with great responsibility. So he, he said, I'd never thought about it that way. I thought that was, I'm like, I don't know if he's, he can blow smoke up my dress, I don't care. But uh, my, the idea that he hadn't thought about it and that maybe I finally made that impression. So we talked a little bit more because he knew I was pretty worked up about it. I was also crying because I said, you know, it's extremely, extremely impactful to my brothers and my uncle to think that they're, that my dad lay there while she was being raped, could feel the motion of the bed. Okay, it turns out I don't think Paul thought that part through either. I don't think he is a... Um, a, a tactile experiential, you know, the different ways that the different ways we have of learning. I don't think he ever thought about learning that you, when you learn something, some of us visualize it and some of us even can feel it. So for me, when I heard that for the first time, I was just stunned. I'm just like, no, 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 no. That's, that's like additional shaming. And I said, Paul, and I'm screaming this in the hallway. This is what happens in great cases, right? I go, Paul, you have no evidence. He could even get hard next to another man. And he, this is the argument we're having in the hallway. We were told to move further away. But, um, and he, he kind of didn't refute that other than to say the Harringtons. I don't know what evidence they have in the Harrington case. I don't know that case that well, but I just wanted to share this part with you because any of you guys have been following the story. It was a big moment and, and we agreed, like we left. I said, I, I thank you very much for letting me come at you because I did. And I caught you off guard and you listened to me and you took the time to listen to me and he stayed present. I got to say, he stayed very present. And I felt like in that moment, he was sincere. So I will now back down and calm down about Paul Holes. I, I have been disappointed, but I, I have to say, I give him hella credit for letting somebody come at him and he stood his ground and he listened and acknowledged what he didn't necessarily know. So that's that's the update on Paul Foles. Um, the next thing that I wanted to fill you get, um, I'm putting my phone on do not disturb. I usually do that. I'm sorry. It's usually the case. The other, the next, okay, other gossip. Um, I have heard from multiple sources now, but I cannot verify that D'Angelo may make a statement on Friday. If Cheryl's not in town yet. I would ask her, but she's not here yet, so I can't ask her. But that could happen. I don't know what he'd have to say that any of us would care about, but on the other hand, he hasn't said anything, so he could be anything. Um, he did show up in that weird sweater thing today. There's been speculation of what that's been about. I haven't heard any answers. Um, I just thought, you know, come on, man. We have the orange thing. Can he just stay in the orange? Like, why does it always have to be something with this guy? It's always something. Uh, let's see. And then I'm trying to think of what other logistics you might not know. So they keep the, the rest of us. I was with Julia this morning at, at nine when Jane went up and we're going to talk about that in a minute. I was with Julia. They take us upstairs to the cafeteria and we hang out there and we can only get the YouTube live stream, which is the suckier one. The KCRA stream is much better. We could not see Bonnie. We're going to talk to Jane, talk about Jane. We could not see Bonnie on screen on the YouTube feed. Does anybody, did anybody see her in KCRA? Yeah. Okay, Joan, I see you. Yeah. Okay, cool. So on KCRA, we got to see Bonnie. I didn't get to see, uh, she was, I mean, I was sitting when Gase talked, she was just right there. Jane was right in front of me and Bonnie was just a couple seats over, but on the YouTube, you couldn't see her. So that's the note is then for anybody who missed her, KCRA archive, 
of these statements, she should be on there for today so we can see if you want to see Bonnie. Um, I, 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 and I'm going to be quiet now because I want to know what you guys thought of Jane's talk and what you saw and heard. So y'all talk. I'm just really, really glad that you talked to Paul today and cleared it up. I'm really, really, really glad about that. Really glad. I know. For all of you that have a picture of him up in your bathroom, you can keep it up. It's all good. Oh, no, 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 no. That was <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> not the, the pinup? Okay, he's not your pinup. Okay. Not why. I'm just glad that you did because I have, yeah, just because. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, did Jane was going to maybe try to join this call. Um, I'm just checking to see if she did. I'm trying to sc scan through right now. My computer's just like losing its mind. Jane, are you on? <laughs> Julia, I see somebody that I do want to talk to, though. I'm going to skip ahead because, so, yeah. we do have, and we have Sandy, too. This is exciting. We do have some survivors on here. And oh, all of you guys are in join us. Um, in fact, let's take a minute. Any survivors that want to introduce themselves, please do. Just wave so we can know where to look because we have two screens we're toggling. Come on, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> you just did it. There's Sandy. I see Sandy down at the bottom for me. She, oh, wow. she was up yesterday. <laughs> and I cannot for some reason. There we go. I'm flipping to the Am other I page. Waiting? Oh, I'm not. This is Hi, so Michelle. cool. So, Hi, Julia. <laughs> there we go. The, the, we are not a technical crowd. I love That's you, Julia. I love you too. <laughs> so, okay, let's go. So let's talk about Jane for a minute. So I had leaked that there was a big surprise and to watch. And those of you that are addicted to Twitter knew that was coming. What did you oh, think? Was it the reveal that you cared about? What else? What did you think? I wanted to know what you thought. But we'll never know. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch D'Angelo. I didn't really notice D'Angelo. I didn't even know if he looked. Did he look? No. He looked so. like he turned his head a little bit more, but you know, the camera angles are hard, not directly in the eye, but his, at some point, I don't know, but he, me and my sister noticed he turned his head a little bit more to his right. I know when Jane commanded him to look at her and he's like, uh, nope. He didn't do it then. Not gonna oh, do it. Know. Nope. Nope. I love that. I love that. That was really funny because I thought, okay, well, that's not happening. Um, but she gave it a shot and she was very stern. Um, somebody's just asking about Margaret. I, I need to put these where I can see them better. Margaret uh, had intended to give a statement, mostly. I'm going to go like 85%. Then her dad died. Hmm. And so he's 99. It was, I guess, semi-expected, you know, as we kind of have that way of knowing. And and I go, well, it's 2020. Of course he did. Of course he died like the day before you're flying up. So she showed up today, which was cool. And she'll be there Friday, I believe. But I don't think she's going to end up giving a statement unless, Michelle, if you heard different or Sandy, you heard differently. But I don't think she's going to do it. I haven't. It's not that important to her in a weird way. It kind of goes with being a 13-year-old victim, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, what can you really say? You fucking crushed my life. I mean, people are saying that. Jen, can you hear me? Yeah. I mean, okay. I can. I don't know if I you didn't. had a chance to talk to Margaret. I didn't talk to her very long today, just a little bit. I, I did, uh, just very briefly. I don't think she's going to say anything. Yeah. Unless, she, unless yeah, they I, allow her yeah. tomorrow. 
I think. Yeah, today we should be, we're done with all the rape victims down. I was down. surprised she was, I was surprised she was here today. I was hoping she would make her statement today or someone could have done it for her, but yeah, she was here and I was, she's such a strong, strong, strong woman. You know, she's just so amazing. I, She's the, exactly the woman that would come regardless, even if it meant yes. she wasn't doing her thing. So, yeah, yeah. she just, that's kind of how Margaret is. She's kind of like ride hard and die, and she'd be right there with Thelma if Louise was going over the edge. That's kind of a Margaret thing of hers. That's what I'm, I'm kind of, ex I'm kind of, in my, in my innermost thoughts, I think she might pull through and, come out and, and give a statement tomorrow because she's her, her dad died Monday evening. She was supposed to speak Tuesday. She's here. And I have a, I just in my gut have a feeling that her dad's telling her, say what you need to say, share it. That's what I feel. Um, that's what I hope, but at the same time, she has to take care of herself. Yeah, that's kind of how Margaret rolls too. That's what is most important, yeah. Michelle? Yes? Are you the one that uh, said, I've been told I can't speak directly to D'Angelo, and the judge said, you can speak to him, this is your yes. time? Yes. Are you the one? That was that was impressive. I, I, that just yeah, I, that was so powerful. I am so glad you did that. I was so that I just cheered. I am so glad you took that power and you did that. And that was amazing. I oh, just yeah. I yeah. wanted to acknowledge. I just yeah. I felt it was important. I'm so glad you did that. I felt it was important to acknowledge. The Absolutely. rules of the court that we were given, the rules we were given, you cannot just, you cannot talk to D'Angelo. Mm -hmm. You can only. I'm so glad you did that. I mean, you deserve to get to do that. The court was not who, who attacked me, who raped me, who terrorized my family. And that was not who I wanted to address. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, 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 totally right. Totally right. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, I, I really yeah. enjoyed the guy who said a, a plea to whoever shares a cell with Joe D'Angelo in the future to wake him up with a flashlight, tie him up, put plates on his back. I absolutely love that statement because D'Angelo's going to be thinking about that statement tonight. I guarantee you with that. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to, that gentleman was going to speak. I saw him on the, um, HBO special. I didn't think he was going to speak, but I thought um, he was so tender to his wife. And that was Gay's just, husband. Yeah, yeah Bob. Bob. He's an attorney. Incredible, yeah. incredible statement. And what yeah. I noticed happened because I was sitting like right behind them. Right behind is that, them. Yeah, I guess people saw me. Who knew? Um, I was. You were so, right I was in front like, of me. <laughs> but but the judge 
when he said McGeorge Law School first, the judge kind of shifted. I think he didn't realize who he had. And then when, and it's funny because I, I refer to that same kind of thing in mind because my dad and Bowman have a very similar resume. So that in my statement, I was intending to do the same kind of thing, make that connection. But I saw the two men, the judge and Bob Knett. And then Bob didn't notice it because I asked him later, but when Bob did the fantasy uh, sentencing and the fantasy department of corrections game that he wants to play, where what you just referred to, Mark, the judge, if you, it's not the same in streaming as it is in the courtroom, but the judge like took his mask off and he yeah, actually leaned in. And I thought, oh, Bob, like you have the right guy listening right now. And you're making, mm. and Bob did it. There's just really moments during this where I see the difference between men and women in terms of how that, that transaction happens and how men, Victor, now Bob, they have a, a little bit of a different language they use. We're so careful and we think of every, God, Michelle, Sandy, you know, we've like thought of every damn word we're using, but the guys have this way of making it um, just a little bit different. It's a little more transactional and less holistic feeling. -y. It's just like, no, no, no. Here's how he transacted with us. Here's how I'd like to transact with him now. Are you surprised the judge didn't um, kind of, or an objection didn't come up from the defense because it was a pretty graphic, like, uh, fan I, I love the way the judge just let him talk. I absolutely, I, I really, I really like the way the judge just let him talk. As you say, he took off his mask. He listened to him. Yeah. I thought that was a, just a brilliant statement. By so let's, so, so I, the defense, so the other thing I noticed with the defense today being in the courtroom, and I couldn't notice on streaming, and now I'm going well, to is that when Gay was speaking, Mark, I'm going to have you mute again. Um, when Gay was speaking, because you talk to the screen, you have to mute Mark because you're talk, a screen talker. Um, when Gay was speaking, there was something she said, I think it was about that she was going through the statistics and PTSD and all of that. I looked over and even Diane Howard they were all validating her. They were like, mm -hmm, that's true. Oh yeah, that's true. And I thought, well, that's kind of remarkable. And I don't see that on streaming the same way, but in the courtroom, I really, I just couldn't believe I was looking at all three of their heads nod as she was just kind of going down her list of facts. And, and, and so that was a nuance that's lost on streaming. Although you guys, you'll be watching tomorrow too. It's funny because when you get in there, you start tuning out everything. Like I, I, I can tell you about every speck of Gay's hair. I can tell you about every speck of Michelle's hair too, because I was sitting behind them and like, who thinks you're looking at the back of someone's hair? But I was just like, I'm. It's if I could have my hands on their shoulders. Right? I know. No, it looked fab. It looked fabulous. Don't worry about it. it looked fabulous. Um, you know what? What strikes me is is how every single survivor. I mean, I commend all of you, but. Jen, we've talked about this before, how they would all come across differently. Some might be angry, some might be um, reticent or, or kind of, in, you know, shy or not, but everybody is so eloquent in their own way, but doing it for them. You can tell that this is really, this is my time and, you know, to be respectful of the court, but at the same time to get their points across, but everybody in a different way. It's been, it's been really interesting to watch. Sandy, how was that for you? Because what was it like? I mean, now you can talk about it like third person looking at yourself. Yeah, so for me, that I had to pull from the anger to keep the emotions in check. Um, I can be emotional. This has been difficult for me. Um, for those of you that, that don't know, my sister was the actual victim. 
Um, she passed away two years before D'Angelo was caught. And um, so my mom, my niece, and I have been trying to be her voice, so to speak. So um, of course we went through it too. We have our own issues with all of this, but um, yeah, to keep from blubbering through it, I channeled my anger, which is definitely there. And um, yeah, I tried to look at him. I tried to get him to look at me. I showed him my sister's picture and yelled at him to look at her picture and to be a man. And, but no, he didn't. Um, I, I think I saw a little bit of squirming a couple of times uh, as well today. Um, and uh, Michelle, you were amazing. You did awesome. And uh, Gay and Bob also, I, I really enjoyed the way Gay brought the, the paper. And um, that was really good. Just very powerful. When she brought out the Ziploc bag too and said, this paper needs to be in a container. And I'm like, oh, yes, it does. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, it was. It was great, and, and Bob, too, is, as someone mentioned about the, the fantasy prison sentence, and I think that's what we're all fantasizing for this guy, you know, or to be in a black hole and um, rats gnawing away at him. Uh, but, you know, I, I could say some really crude things right now. You can all use your imaginations, but I know what I hope happens to him in prison. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to see him in some medical facility. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> hey, Don, do you mind keeping an eye on the chat and see if there's any good questions, by the way? Because I'm realizing I'm not able to keep up. I have to say, Don, you guys um, did your sister right because when your mom- Too louder, talk louder. Auto, that was just, that was really the, the most powerful part for me yesterday because I was thinking, you know, as a mom or a sister, to know she didn't make it to that time, that really kind of pushed me over the edge yesterday. Can I also tell you the sister thing was powerful, Sandy, and you weren't with us, but over at Chris's house, like I feel like often Chris's sister gets forgotten and she's a victim too. And I think the sister part in particular, and the brothers, you know, the brothers want to go kick somebody's ass. The sisters share that emotional and that like it was her and not me that weird guilt like there's just a weird guilt and i think the sister story is so important because sisters are everything for this they just really are and 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 the guilt that like why wasn't it me it's just such a effed up thing that happens but it's both the affirmative like was i not good enough which is psycho we all know it's psycho let's just admit that psycho but you still can't help having that thought why her and not me so I just want to, I, I mean, I, I think maybe I'll, maybe I'll interview Sandy for a podcast because I think the sister story, a couple of the sisters, because I think the sister story is so important. And, and the faster you guys can let go of that weird guilt, like her and not me guilt for anybody going forward, the faster you can kind of transfer out of that guilt and transfer to them, we're in this together is probably some of the secret to survival, which is no, actually, we, he's not separating us. It was about against both of us. Like all of us were hurt by this. This isn't you versus me. That I think is what I see in the healthy part of the sister story now, which is, um, I mean, it took you guys 40 years. I know you didn't wake up 
and it was just all easy. I know it has to be hard. And then to have sisters die, I mean, oh my God. Yeah, you know, I I do hold him responsible too for, uh, you know, people, the stress, what stress does to you and and what you carry. And if you listen to everybody speak, there's so many repetitive themes in all of this. Uh, I hear the same all of us saying the same type of things and yeah, to hold on to that. And I, I, I really truly believe that attributed to my sister's uh, illness. Uh, she had, she died of esophageal cancer. That's right. And yeah. And uh, you know, like I had said, you know, you, you carry all that in you and uh, you know, no family history, nothing. It just, it, my dad passed away and two months later, my sister got her diagnosis and 10 months later we lost her. And so. if anybody follows Louise Hay, she talks about where it's a, it's an interesting approach to medicine, but where you get sick is often what you can't like one person had stomach making her sick and your sister had esophageal cancer. Like can't, she can't say what she needs to say. Exactly. It's an interesting relationship between what parts of your body start to have ailments and what that, how that correlates to what you're going through in life. It's powerful stuff. You can decide yeah. if it's woo or not, but I think there's a relationship because of how we use our bodies. I mean, it just makes sense to me that it would be a holistic thing like that. Yeah, me too. Your voice, like you said. And I know her ex-husband and his state, he he had a short statement yesterday that Ann read and, you know, I won't get into that, but um, he he described it as stomach cancer. Well, he, he's wrong. He She passed away of esophageal cancer, but that's an aside, but it just bothered me because I was like, get it right, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's interesting to me, too. I think what Phyllis is struggling with liver cancer, I think. Liver. Yeah, which, again, is where we remove the toxins, right? Right. Some of these things just don't surprise me. It's like, y'all, all of us, I don't think of it the same way because he didn't rape me. I just always feel like I had this little protection. Um, but it does still make you sick. It just makes you sick. The things you can't get out, things you can't express. Uh, Michelle, Miss Michelle, you feel comfortable talking a little more? You have to take it off mute first. Um, so I just, I did, yeah, you, Michelle, I just did a podcast about the one line in your statement. That am, I, about am I off mute? You are, am I off mute? You're off mute, baby. So okay. I was wondering if you'd like to say that I haven't really gone into details about um, a friend who wrote Sudden Terror, Larry, Cromp- Larry Crompton, but I've told everybody that there is a podcast coming out imminently, like as soon as I get done here. I just got to go to Phyllis first, but I'm going to get that up. Um, do you want to say any more about that right now while you have the floor? Oh, thank you, Sabrina. Yes. You really, you really put me in a spot here. It's um, up to you. I wish you can I just say no, thank you. I wish you'd given me like two minutes. Okay, take two minutes. We'll go talk. You think, collect your okay. thoughts. Take two, you two minutes. There's no. We're come not going to come back in two minutes because I, I have definitely, I have a lot to say about it. Okay, and and you don't have to go further than you want to go. That's really important. This is I'm good. I'm, this is I'm, recorded I'm, and public, so I want you to be careful. Good. Protect yourself. <laughs> so yes, I'm here to protect no. you too. Who else has questions in the media? Somebody, I saw one question flash and, and Don, you can tell me, but I know somebody said, why is he wearing the face cover and not the mask? And honest yeah. to God, I think that he had to speak 
in Sacramento and he doesn't have to speak now. So they didn't use the face guards because none of the lawyers have the face guards on, yeah. which is because um, they're, they're really not speaking, honestly. And so I Lucas suspect that's the question. reason why. Lucas, Lucas, what about your question about what you said to his defense counsel? Go for it. Yeah. That I was going to mention, so at the very end, he and somebody had mentioned this, he was talking to his defense counsel. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but um, the person who asked the question said that he was talking about, you know, he didn't want to look there anymore. Um, yeah. and he can you want me to through their papers. So it kind of sounded like he was complaining. So did you hear anything? about what he said or you know no. why he did that way he didn't look at anybody anyway god michelle you were almost the last one out of the room too because uh, i but you were not in a place to listen because you were just recovering but but I mean, I, he, he spoke several like he said several things to them interesting. it was okay, we're now asking any lip readers to please go see the end of the tape well, lucas seemed to think he knew what what yeah, I I uh yeah. I rewound it. It kind of came at me as a surprise because it was right as the live stream was was finishing, and the the judge said clear the bench, and um the two lawyers were talking with JD in the middle, and you could hear Joe saying excuse me, excuse me. Wow. And, uh, and then the the sorry, what's the gentleman's name? His uh, lead lawyer. Yeah, Cress Jim Cress Jim Cress. Jim Cress um kind of stops what he's doing and zones in and is listening and. You, you can't hear everything that's said. God, if he didn't have the mask, we could read his lips. But that's right. he's clearly referring to, he's, he says, I'm looking at the wall. And he says, you see those six spots? And he points to it. And he says, when I'm looking at those spots, he's, and again, this is kind of me piecing it together. And he says, when I'm looking at those spots, I can see the victims. <gasps> so it's almost as if he was complaining about he said, I can't look there anymore. That's what I heard. I can't look there anymore. So that's I emailed you about this again. Um, zoning in on a spot so that he doesn't have to pay attention all the time. Yes. Although I do think every now and then he does listen. At least it, it appears that way. But I think, I mean, I've watched now for two days and I think everybody is so brave and courageous. And each one of them was perfect because it's for them. It's for the victims cares what he thinks at this point you can't control what he's going to listen to or not and so i just think it's so cathartic for everybody and the other thing that i that i'm so glad that there's a dichotomy of of women and men getting up there saying that they're survivors and that that he didn't take their life away from them but there's also people that are saying my life has never been the same, will never be the same forever. It was changed. Cause I think it's super important for him to hear the yucky part of it. Like the 13 year old girl, like all the women today. I mean, they all were so eloquent and I didn't, after yesterday, I was like, gosh, I hope he doesn't sit there and go, well, they all did fine. They lived their lives. I didn't seem to destroy it forever. So I don't have to take any guilt. Like I was trying to think of what is, if he's listening what is he taking away? Like, cause he shows no remorse. And so in his mind, he has to spin it somehow in his sick mind. But I think after today, even if he only listened for a portion of it, he had to realize the magnitude of the destruction. And it's interestingly gonna only get worse now. Tomorrow's gonna be awful. I, I'm dreading it cause it's just awful. 
And I know Charlene's two people are going to tear me up. So I'm prepared for that. But it's, I love that Lucas was watching him because Lucas, hey, you're over here for me. Um, I, the idea of him focusing on six dots, which really tells me how much his discipline, like you guys think about that level of discipline. I mean, that means it's really for hours, hours at a time, staring at one point because he's so afraid that his eyes will wander. That's what he's afraid of. He's actually afraid of- Because you see him not blinking for like, so when you are meditating and zoning in on something, you don't blink all that often. And every now and then you'll see him blink. And I often am sitting there going, did he just hear what they said? Did they just get to, like, why did he all of a sudden tune in again? Yeah, Victor got him. Victor I think he's sure yeah, he definitely listening for the end though, because I noticed, especially today, he knew when people were finished and, yeah. you know, when they finished up, he would kind of shift and yeah. like kind of get ready again or something. I don't that, know. It, that it, would make sense. He could actually let his eyes kind of flutter mm-hmm. around over there. Yeah. If, uh, and then, if, yeah. He kind of like zone out. Mm-hmm. But I think there were oh. sometimes when people mentioned Bonnie or when they mentioned yes. daughters and granddaughter that he could not maintain his focus. Yeah, Dawn saw I physically saw him flinch when Bonnie was brought up the first time, I think. He you can see him breathing a little bit heavy too with his mask, yeah. I think. Yeah. And there was I wanna know if I wanna know if the six points were like who if this was something that he asked for or if that was put there, because they were like, we don't want you looking anywhere. Oh. Like, I'm just curious. Who, Lucas, you know who, I'm going to go. From. I'm going to go look tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to be in. I go in <laughs> first after break. So I I, I don't ask permission. Oh, look. I, go I want to know. I'm going to go look. I'm for sure looking. I was just realizing, I hate talking at a podium. I'm used to because I'm short. I always usually present moving because I'm short. And so that's one way to keep. It's also another good way to keep your audience interested. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just realized. Even though I've watched everybody do it, I've got to stand in front of that microphone. And by the way, you guys aren't even going to see my dance shirt because you're not. I have to be like this. Hi, I'm Jennifer Carroll. And um, can you see my face? So can you wear a special yeah. shirt? I brought, I'm, I'm wearing a special shirt, but it's not, I mean, it's no big deal of a shirt. Um, but of course, I'll get it. I'll take a picture so you guys can see it. But uh, I thought a couple of people were going to wear shirts and I was surprised um, that Jane, I thought she was going to wear one and I didn't see it today. I didn't even ask if so her luggage thought- got here. I don't know okay. if her luggage is here. Because... I thought maybe they told her she couldn't wear it. Okay. Well, wow. No, yeah. I can't imagine. The man was with it. She was with it at the end there. She that was? was the whole point of me bringing up the whole point of me bringing up that story. What I saw at the end of the recording was Joe is with it. He's got a clear mind. Yeah. He is oh, not absolutely. losing it. And then I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but when I heard that, I was like, it made me sick because it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's like off the record, but he's being right. filmed the whole time, and he's like. Yeah saying, I don't like what's happening here, trying to control what's happening. That's at least the impression I was getting. And he was speaking very clear and pointing something out. He has all of his faculties. It it made me sick, especially after being. He definitely seemed upset about whatever it was he was talking about. Like he didn't seem happy about it. And I was changing his when things were over. Whatever it was. In the Sacramento B that they'd filmed him in his cell and he he unfortunately was caught doing something on camera while a female member of staff was outside his cell. No, 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 no. That's not the truth. 
I asked you not, about this on Monday. No, 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 no. Here's the part that's true, Mark. Because it's important these stories go out accurately. But he was caught taking care of himself. God, it was in the morning too when we heard this. But they said while he was looking outside of his cell, because this is all they can see from the camera aimed on him, right? So the, the question, and I told Sam Santon with the B, if you want to get the real story, I want to know what he was looking at. Because there's theories mm. that he's a um, repressed homosexual. Mm. I don't know if guards watch porn outside his cube. I mean, that would, or cube. So <laughs> welcome to Silicon Valley life. I now refer to cells as cubes. Um, so, but there's, there is, uh, you know, they're only seeing that perspective. So we don't know what he was looking at. Somebody said that there might've been a female guard up there. That's mm. gross. That's just gross if she was subjected to that. But that, I, I don't know if Sam will get the story or not, but I just want to correct that, Mark, because it doesn't, it was not, don't conclude what the hell it was he was looking at. Uh, okay. Part, I was just going is, by whatever was in the article, and he was walking around his cell doing pull-ups and all this business. And yes. And, it's just a complete act, and I love the way all the survivors that I saw so far, I, mean, I haven't seen all the, are calling him out on it. It's an absolute farce. He's just, he's going to be remembered as a fake, sniveling little weak snake. Well, we've That's also exactly been told be with that we will be, uh, victims can for sure see those videos that they cherry picked. Um, I don't know if I can videotape the video, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah. I, I mean, what I know they can't get it to me officially, but I'll see if I can get a copy of that. So, okay, now Michelle's on the phone, so that's why she's like, yeah, she's on the phone <laughs> now. Um, but if she's ready, I know. He's not oh, yeah. talking to you, Julia. <laughs> that's the that's that's right. law. Yes, go ahead. The last time we spoke, we talked about he's doing things like not eating and not drinking in order to feel, to be more feeble. Is this been confirmed or no? No, he could be. That would be an approach he could take. So I want to say that I don't have verification of that. I, I know he doesn't get to eat his treats. It's no, 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 I, I know that. talking about the roast and I'm like, does anybody even know if he likes roast or is that just what he cooks on that day of the week? I mean, I don't know. It's always practically up. I'm like, how does anybody know that's really his favorite food? But the point I is, I was like, he's talking he about not. food though. I want to go add like one and a half pages of just food talk, like pickles, cheese melted on a burger, chocolate milkshake, just because <laughs> that was stuff he can't eat. Like, let's right. know he I loves thought the same food. thing. I know, yeah. Ice cold beer. I heard he likes, he likes red ropes too, I heard. <laughs> Oh, maybe I should bring some of those in and throw them down. Yeah, take some red ropes tomorrow. Eat it in front of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Your Honor, I brought you some red ropes. Oh, that's <laughs> good. I can't do that, though. I'm not. I, that, that's a Jane thing. I can't do that kind of stuff. I will, I will fuck it up. Um, okay, Ms. Michelle, are you ready to speak? Can you hear me? Yeah, so what this team does not know, what this crowd doesn't know is what my podcast is about, other than that you were re-victimized. They haven't heard the details yet. I share that in excruciating detail in the podcast I'm going to post in a few minutes. But assuming, so just so you know, they don't know what specifically we're talking about. But you can definitely, do know that you were in pain. Okay. Share with us any, if, if you could you know explain that? more. Yeah, we hear you, babe. So if you, tell us about, so they know that Larry wrote stuff about you that was untrue. Um, but your point really is that how that has added to the pain of what happened to you in the first place is that having a police officer who you trusted, who's there, who's supposed to take care of victims, did a, this disservice. 
not a disservice. It's a terrible word for what this was. He basically a disservice. Yeah, he basically lied about you. So he made I don't know how much money off of his lies. He's lied not only about my case and me, but others. He's expounded. <laughs> okay, well, let's just only talk about mine. Okay. Go ahead, girl. Let's just only talk about mine. I mean, in his sudden terror book, which is like rated number one or two of the most authoritative books on the subject, I would put it at like number at the bottom. It's garbage. We, other victims looked at it last night. They're like, this is such garbage. How did he get this information? And these write-ups are terrible. So just so we're clear, because yeah. He took, he took copies of all of the files when he retired. Which is interesting to me. I mean, we've talked about this relative to the McNamara book where the, orange, the files left Orange County. But here we have another investigator who's charged to protect the public, who's charged with being an advocate for the, both the people and victims to an extent that they're trying to solve a case. And he takes the files and then he decided to turn them into money. A book. Let's turn them into money. Let's see what we can, and, and, and gee, let's, you know, expound on some, how do you 32 fucking years later, remember a conversation that you can actually put into quotes. Yeah, that's, and there's a lot of quotes in this book, but yes, it is. And that he does say that part of this is fictional and part of this is real, which is by the way, the reason it should be thrown out, but. Excuse me, but wait, wait, well, let's, let's, if we want to talk about that part, we can go right to the cops involved in the cases after I was involved are real. Their names and dialogues are factual. The investigations are real. The pain and terror may have diminished in the minds of the victims. He's so, so, yeah. I mean, he's so caring. So caring, yes. I hope that the pain does not return. My intent is to tell the story without endangering the privacy or the dignity of the victims. They have suffered enough. Yeah, so there you go. So one of the points I make in the podcast is, is if you're a police officer responsible for uh, sex crimes, you better know what you're doing and you don't ever add your value to the story in that you interpret the story for all your readers. Because the minute you do that without having, it should come from this victim. The minute you do that, it is colored now by your bias, your prejudice, your everything. And in this case, um, when we go through the content, and I appreciate Michelle, we, I do go through the content specifically so you can see how damaging it was. Um, it basically, it, it's essentially him, the part that gets me at every time is for profit. like. He could have written this, I, I, he shouldn't have written a book for profit. I just, I'm really, I'm really questioning whether investigators should be allowed to do that. And I know we have some very, some interesting people on this call who've worked in these offices and might have some opinions about that, but it's, 
these files, these personal records, the description of what happened to you is not something that it was, we didn't, we don't share that information at our most vulnerable moment. I, I mean, imagine, this is what happened in Chris's living room last night. We were talking, they said, you're sitting there, the victim's talking, we're saying that you're naked. So just, just right there, you're naked. In the case of Kathy's book yesterday, the boys came out of the bedroom for seven and nine year old. She goes, they see me naked. They see me terrorized. Like I'm just traumatized. All I could think of is I'm naked and I'm like trying to get untied and everything. And people are just coming in and doing their thing and like all this stuff going on. And you're, you're still completely vulnerable. And in that moment, whatever you say should not be something that's going to end up in a book later. And that's not what happened here, but I'm just saying, think about your level of vulnerability. I, I worry about what I say and I'm sitting here knowing I'm recording and knowing things are public and I'm still paranoid. So I can't even imagine if you come in at that level of vulnerability. And for Michelle, who at that moment, I mean, here she's got a kid in the house, husband's in the house, she's been raped. And Larry's decided in 2010 to go ahead and write this up, but to write it from his point of view and decide to interpret what she was thinking. It's essentially the part that we get upset about that we're really upset about is that he is interpreting her thoughts, which is, by the way, not his job. And, and he did it with all the police pornography brain you could possibly imagine. And I'm calling it a police porn brain because that's exactly what it is. It's that weird, weird thing that certain police officers seem to like that's at the corner of violence and sexuality. And there is nothing sexual about sexual assault. Sorry, it's called that. But there's nothing sexual about it, unless, of course, you're one of those kind of cops. So that's what possibly we're he was Possibly he was interpreting it from his there you go. brain. Of course. In fact, that's what it really is. And that's why it's police porn, because it's really about him. But he put it on her and made it about her. And he put it on Victor and his, his girlfriend and made it about them. Yes. So it's absolutely. It's not, it's not just me. Yeah, and I will ask, anybody knows an attorney that'll take their case, these two are ready to go. They're ready to go. So they would like to put an end to this. So again, when you hear that podcast, I ask you to make the same request on the podcast, please come forward if you know an attorney that might pursue this because it's absolutely, absolutely defamation. Absolutely. At, the, at the time of D'Angelo's arrest, I contacted many attorneys. And the minute I mentioned Golden State Killer, East Area Rapist, shut me down. We're not talking about it. Yep. Ranks closed. We know about the ranks that closed. But Michelle, how did you feel today after you did your statement? Because I know you, you agonized over it. It was it, for you to get the courage to stand up and even just name it was a big deal for you. It's taken me. Gosh. Two months, month and a half to write it. I was, I spent, I've spent the last three days writing and rewriting that statement to try to make it perfect. And I still missed stuff. Like I forgot to tell him that I really wished him a long and healthy life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we can all pray for his long and healthy life so that he stays very resilient in prison. 
I think that's But fair. then we're also paying for him. Oh yeah, aren't we? I know. That's another reason why I'm in Gen Pop. Like, keep it cheap. He doesn't need protective custody. That costs extra. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, so I, I'm, I know we're coming to the end of the time. Let, uh, Don, if there's any other questions or anybody else saw any good questions, ask them because I know you're going to want to listen to that next podcast and I got to get it posted so you can. But other it's questions... Just, yeah, sure. Why Why is it even up for debate where surely he's going to be in a general population? Why should he get a shred of protection? We why will not listen to all my podcasts because it. He will not be in general pop. He right. won't be in general pop. That's a he will be in ADSEG. Yeah, ADSEG, which is administrative segregation. And that it has to do place. with. I, I do think the Pelican Bay ask was interesting. And, it, and I felt like the judge because he heard that a few times and I'm about ready to go add it to my statement just so he hears it a few more times because yeah. that- Well, I have heard Pelican Bay is not the worst one anymore. My sisters all work for corrections and Pelican Bay is not the worst one. Oh, what do we want, Jim? Not at all, not at what all. What is the worst one? Yeah. Well, she was saying a lot of, she even said SAC is a bad one, but no. she said um, uh, High Desert is a very bad one. Ew. But yeah, she also, and then they also said that the judge has no say in what prison he goes to. It's corrections. Yeah, I think that's how it works when I did the research. Yeah. Yeah, DOC yeah. does that. But so everything, everything that we put in our statements is, is taken into consideration. Right, good. Department of Corrections when they place him. So that's why I asked for Pelican Bay. That's great. Good. Can I ask a question? As well. Of course. Yeah, Minnie, I, I, did, I just saw that, Don, from Minnie, too. Really quick. I don't know who's asking the question, but I was just going to say really quick. The rumor is Angela will speak on Friday. That is a rumor. I've heard it from different sources, but that's a rumor. And so I don't know if that'll happen, but, but you should be prepared. It's, he has, I don't even know if normally he could speak, but I suppose they do give him a chance mm -hmm. if he wanted to say something nice, which is weird. Yeah, we, know, we know he pumps iron. We know he pumps. We know he's, he's very energetic. He does his exercises. We know he does all of that in his cell. Um, and it's on videotape. Yeah, and we'll be able to see that. Yeah. Which is what the prosecution tried to put into evidence. So, yeah. Can I ask a question, please, Jennifer? Yes, yeah. Sorry. Hi. Susanna, is that you? Okay, good. Okay, it's, um, yeah, hi. Hi. Um, how do you feel about talking tomorrow? Are you nervous or? You know, um, I, you know, I, the thing that I'm not so nervous about speaking because I'm used to, thank God, I'm not a, a um, public speaking fearful. I, I saw some people that were and I get it because yeah. I know people, it's like the greatest fear, right? But what I'm nervous about is, um, I'm, I'm nervous about, I'm going to, you're going to make me cry, Susanna. I'm nervous about not making my brothers proud. So there you go. That's it. Um, no, I'm telling you the truth. That's what I want to do here. It's like, because if God forbid anybody else wants to go through this, yeah. right? But the thing is, is because we don't talk about it. They didn't even ask to see it. They don't, they're, they're so detached from it that I, I know I'm 90% yeah. sure they won't listen. Um, they, I don't think they also knew that I was a suspect because they were little when it happened. 
and it happened fast. And so my mom honestly yeah. sent them the um, podcast mm-hmm. that you need to see this because I don't think you know about your sister's journey. Because, you know, everybody with birth order, you know that birth order messes you up. It, it's funny if you get together and you're arguing, what you realize is you're arguing over different points of view of being raised in the same family. And it is absolutely influenced by your age and who, and, you know, kind of how you, again, I'm going to go back to your lenses you wore. But if you're a little kid, you don't get the sophisticated level of the conversation going on. That's why innuendo is so yeah. fun because you only start to get innuendo as your brain okay. develops and you have the capacity to understand what the innuendo is about. Thank mm-hmm. God it's the lifesaver of any child, parent of a toddler because they don't understand innuendo. But um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So I, I do, I'm not nervous to speak. I'm nervous about mm-hmm. letting anybody down, which is classic me. Jen, you're not letting Fair anyone enough. down, period. Oh, thank you. It's no, just, you're uh, not. You're, you're yeah, literally, you're literally, if you're just a firecracker of, a justice firecracker, you are just an astiker and you can't think you're letting anyone down. You can. No, I don't like thinking that. Yeah, it's true. I'm so proud of you, Jen. I'm so proud of you. Jen, you're going to do a great job tomorrow. <sighs> thank you. I see you doing it too. I think you guys, thank you guys. I, yeah, I, you know what? I swear to God, it's, it's gotta be because I'm like um, pathologically extroverted, but I swear to God, I'm thinking about you guys all day long. That's why I'm tweeting and sharing stuff. I'm like, Oh, ooh, they got to see this and they got to know about this. And they have no idea. And this stupid line outside the court. And if you notice the picture I posted of Chris on Twitter, you could see who's in the background. That's why I took her damn picture. Um, I, I think it's the tweet that I said something like the five, five, I don't know if it was the one I put the five words, like I was trying to do the Trump cognitive test and I was like COVID, uh, criminals or whatever. There's five words that I did, but there's a picture of Chris Pedretti and she's like right there. But if you look who's in the background, it's Diane Howard, my nemesis. So (laughs) she came cruising up, but that line outside the courtroom is hell because first of all, the guy yelled at us to social distance, which is counterintuitive because we've all gotten together. And Michelle, you missed this, you were a little bit late, but Julie and I, we're all talking and talking and talking. And he's like, get away from each other. And that's just not how we've ever lived. We are always on top of each other. And then the line. I it because I knew it was going to be that way. Oh, smarty pants. Yeah, it was. And, and then it was, then you're just gripping by the time you get in. And then victim services yelled at me. <laughs> of course they did. Because I was like, you're not telling me what to do. And um, Anne got so mad. But then later when she found out I was crying with Paul Holes, she was super nice. So I said, I apologize. Like, I'm sorry, you just don't. Don't like greet me and tell me what to do because I have a plan in my head first. Ask me what's my idea, my favorite advice. Always ask what's your idea. So um, wait, there was one other piece of, let's see, tomorrow the things to watch. So in the morning, we're talking, we're going to do, um, I believe we'll see the Snellings. I believe we'll see the Majoris and whatever that constitutes in play. Oh, what is, the, what is the order tomorrow? It. Well, the morning's a little cagey because it's um, Sacramento, uh, Tulare. I think it's Tulare, then Sacramento. So that would be the Snellings and the Majorities. Uh, but Tulare will include the police officer McGowan, who got right. shot but not killed. So Correct. those two, and then uh, Majorities from Sacramento, and then Santa Barbara. So that should be Deb. Um, I think Deb's it. I don't know that anybody else, they kind of flubbed up the other. I don't, uh, well, there could be the. Um, Offerman. What about Michelle Cruz? It looks like that's in the afternoon. So then, so then we'll have lunch and then whatever, because I won't be eating, but I don't have to be there till 1230. So thank God. Um, Then we, anybody going with me, uh, there's some folks from Sacramento that are going to come with me that are on this call today. I'm so excited. Um, Everybody going with me has to be at 1230 at the county DA's office. 
what where they zap your head for temperature, which I'm like, we're sweating. What do you want? We're all at 800 degrees. And then they um, check you in and then we walk over to court. Um, I'll go, I believe I'm first at 1.30, which really means it's going to be Ventura first because I think the way we're doing it is it's going to be Jill Karen, who is Charlene's best friend from back then. And I know she doesn't listen to me. I'm so confused right now. That's the Ventura. In Ventura, we'll have three people speaking. That's Tulare in the Tulare in the morning is Snelling and McGowan. Yep. And then Sack is Majori. However you say the last name, I'm gonna say it like super Italian. And Majori. Yeah. And then the and then, Sacra, and then uh, Santa Barbara. Hope maybe Offerman Manning. Um I'm sorry, that is Deb. And Deb, yeah, Deb. Deb Domingo, because of Sherry and Greg. And mm-hmm. then lunch, then Ventura. And Ventura's only three of us. Charlene's old best friend. And she doesn't listen to this. I was going to tell you, I'm pretty sure she's the one that called the police on me. But I still, I wanted so you're to. You're your afternoon. Yeah, that's you're at 1.30. One thirty, And then it would be Charlene's cousin, Carol, who might or might not be on here. Sometimes she joins. And then, um, and then me. And then, and then we switch, and then it's Orange County. And Orange County will be Janelle, uh, Shelley Cruz. I don't know what order, though. I don't know who's doing what, but, it'll, but we have the Harringtons, Janelle, uh, Lathoon, Drew, I think, will be there. And um, there's one more, Harrington, Lathoon. Is there only three down south? Maybe that's it. So it's that'll, gonna that'll be, be a really, it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Yeah. Anybody for Manuela? Uh, Man- Anybody for Manuela? Drew usually comes. I don't remember Drew's last name. He was at the plea hearing, and he was also on the HBO thing. I think it was Drew, because his brother was a suspect for a long time, and Drew really, and and then his brother passed away. So Drew shows up, and um, like Chris, like thinks Drew's awesome. They became friends. So I think Chris might be there with Drew. I'm not sure. I don't know how that's going to work. But so that's what you'll see tomorrow. And it'll end when it ends in the afternoon. Uh, and I don't even know if the Harringtons are coming, but I assume they would be coming. I'm, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I would assume they're coming. You know what? They yeah, always, they've always shown. Yeah, Michelle's here. We saw her. T- I saw Shelly today. Talking about tomorrow. Janelle's sister. So that's it. So that so I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna this wrap up. So I'm gonna go over Phyllis's house for a few minutes. But um, you guys, like I said, I think of you all the time. You know, as Philip said, Jen, it's like you're talking to us. I'm like, I am all the time in my head. I'm like, oh, I just gotta tell everybody about this. I just can't wait to tell somebody else about this. So it it's meant everything. Like I I know you guys. I just can feel you being there with me tomorrow. I pictured it. It's how I wrote because I'm like, no, these guys are with me. This is so powerful to me. Like this ability to know, I, you guys know my back. I can't even tell you. Can't, there's not words to describe it. It's just incredible. It is- don't, don't worry about letting people down. You got to like making people proud, Jen. You're yeah. making people proud. You're not letting people down. You got to think like that. I know. Right. Absolutely. Everyone's there with you tomorrow. All this nonsense about letting people down, please. None of that now. That's yeah. the last time we want to hear that nonsense. That. Well, You're all you guys, proud. to me, this is a beautiful thing. I just live for this. You guys look all your happy faces, all your reassuring, solid. I know many of you trudge through your own battles. Like, I just, goddamn, what an army to belong to. Like, it's so awesome. So <laughs> I will, I'm thanking you tonight. I'm going to stop this meeting tonight. I will talk to you tomorrow. We're a little later tomorrow. 
um, because the day goes long. Um, but I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk murder. And then Friday, I'm doing one more of these just because why not? I just want to have a, a week at a glance and talk about sentencing. And if D'Angelo talks Friday, it could be really interesting. So, Is there anything to stop him from saying whatever he wants on Friday if he does make a statement? Like That's a really good question. I'll ask Cheryl that tomorrow. I'm going to put, I'm going to dig into this with Cheryl tomorrow. Like, so when I just picture like when Jodi Arias was on trial, like she would, (sighs) they could shock her if she tried to leave. So I just think that that he should have to wear that if he's going to speak and then they can just zap him into oblivion if he says something horrible. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Well that. How are they going to know what he's going to say? I, I would love to hear. Yeah, he won't. If he does, well, I think we have to say. So he'll say what he's going to say. But I know. Yeah, I'll I'll verify. Don, great question. I'll talk to Cheryl about that tomorrow too. I'll see if I can get any scoop from Cheryl prior. Um, I want. I, I want to know Zach. I want to hear anything that bastard has to say. Well, I think he should have been wearing a dog collar. And every time he start, he wasn't listening to people and acting like he was falling asleep. They yeah. tapped him. They just did that little, yeah, just that little bark thing. Just, hey, hello. Hello, wake up, buddy. Pay attention. During your statement, walk out. Turn your backs. Walk out. That'll send a message to him. Yeah. That'll send right. a message. I'm interested. He, it's a big room. Friday will be a big, big room. So <laughs> it's a big deal. And God knows he's probably never had that kind of audience is any of his family showed up? We have not, uh, not that any of us have known, but I think he's been pretty adamant about that, that wall. Now, I did mention yesterday on the call, I have had a member of his family reach out to me. So I'm, I'm going to try to talk to him, but I just couldn't do it right now. But once I get that figured out, um, like I said, I'm not putting, he wants to tell me some stuff, but I'm not putting it out unless I can verify it. I'm not going to put anybody through unnecessary accusations. Um, so I'm going to bet that this weekend and then I'll bring that back to the party. All right, you guys wrapping up. I will talk to you tomorrow or online. Thanks everybody. Wish you the best. Bye. 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 Bye.